Welcome back to TGC Q&A, a podcast from the Gospel Coalition, where each week you'll hear conversations between members of our council and friends who provide their unique perspective on your most pressing spiritual questions. On today's episode, Josh Atro and Mark Allen discuss the question, how do I respond to someone who rejects scripture as a trustworthy source? Let's listen in. Josh, um, how do you think we should respond to someone who rejects that the Bible is reliable and trustworthy? Yeah, well, I mean, of, of course, in some sense, the answer to that is it depends. I mean, it depends on the context. and it, But the first thing in general to say is, you know, you've got to ask more questions. And, and particularly the first question that comes to mind is, well, well, what parts? You know, this is a, this is a big book. Mm-hmm. And so what parts do you have problems with or maybe maybe a good way to phrase this is what what's your biggest problem (laughs) give me one example because if you just say well which parts they might pull out a list but if you say what's you know what's the thing that bothers you the most and then you can begin to have a conversation but if you allow them to set the terms to say well just generally everything there's nothing really to talk about at that point you actually have to get more specific yeah well, I think at times too that people are a bit um, who might be Christians and they're interacting with someone with this point of view they might feel a little intimidated mm-hmm. um, but asking this question helps you to realize they might not really be able to think of, of a contradiction mm-hmm. um, maybe they they saw a YouTube video or maybe uh, they had a professor but really in their minds they're not sure they just they just know it's sort of the cultural thing to say oh, there's the bible's unreliable it's untrustworthy and and so asking this question can kind of raise that raise that yeah, issue yeah. concern are they just are they just parroting what they've heard as a way to <laughs> to not have that conversation not yes. go deeper as far as the claims of christianity so i think so so first of all you've got to ask some questions yeah. and dig deeper i think the second thing is to say is you've got to learn to triage. And this is just important with any type of conversation about the truth of Christianity, the validity of Christianity. Is, and, and what I mean by triage is to say, okay, what, what are, what's the central issue here? You know, are, are they saying, well, I have a, I have a problem with this, this um, Old Testament story. I have a problem with, just to throw one out, you know, I have a problem yeah. with the story of Jonah, and I just don't be- believe you know, it's it's just over the top miraculous. I can't believe that. Well, I mean, obviously, I I, I believe in that story, yes. but is that is that is that where we really want to start? Do we want to let them set the terms again, mm-hmm. in the sense that um, what's the central claim that Christianity makes, yeah. which is um, that there is a God and Jesus is His Son who came and died and rose again. So triaging to say, hey, you know what? That's a good question. Actually, there's a lot that goes into that, but and and we can talk about that. But the really central claim of Christianity is this, mm-hmm. and so is does this? Do your objections actually touch on these claims uh, with the Bible? Yeah, and we would go to the to the Gospels and yeah. kind of discuss the Gospels. Can are they reliable? Are they trustworthy? Can do they give a, an accurate representation of who Jesus? Christ really was, yeah. and who, who the people who knew him best, his uh, most earliest disciples who saw saw him, um, the, the Gospels is the place where it represents their uh, eyewitness testimony. 
Um, and we go to the, to the, um, the Gospels, and we realize they're full of eyewitness testimonies yeah. that, that um, there's careful research, according yeah. to Luke chapter 1, go, that has gone into, um, into the Gospels. Yeah, I think, I think what we're trying to do here, and, and there's more things we want to say here, but you, you want to get them into the stories of Christ. Yeah. You want to say, hey, you know, and, 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 and I think that their initial rejection when you do that is, well, hang on, we can't trust these stories. Yeah. And so for that, I would say, we'd say several things. One, as you just mentioned, Mark, that um, actually these, these stories are too early just to be a bunch of myths. Yes. Okay, not not getting into all the details at this kind of initial level. Remember, we got to triage the conversation, so you don't want at the beginning to try to argue too much or, or try to persuade them of too much. Um, but instead, just start saying, "Hey, you know, let, let me let me let me let me tell you some reasons I I trust the Bible." Um, there's some there's some signs. One is that the this is actually way too early just to be a myth. So so one of the kind of things that got out there in popular literature because it was popular in scholarship was that the Bible was kind of like these old German fairy tales. Mm. Uh, it's kind of formed critical studies. And, and, and what, it, what it compared the Bible to and how the Gospels were formed, particularly the Gospels, was that um, it was kind of like the telephone game where you, you play the telephone game when you're younger, you start off, you tell you know, a, you know, a secret into somebody's ear. By the time you get to the end of ten or twenty people telling the secret, it's something radically different. Yeah. And so there is this theory within scholarship that's saying, well, that's really what we have in the Gospels. In other words, it started off with a story, perhaps by the eyewitness testimony. Sure, no problem. But then, you know, by the time you know it got actually written down, thirty, forty, fifty years later, it, it was it became something very different and full of myths, and we can't trust it. So this actually became you know, very popular in certain forms of scholarship. But the problem with it yeah. is the analogy doesn't quite work because there's been some careful research being done. One of the prominent people doing it is a, is a British scholar named Richard Balcom, who, who's actually undermined this paradigm because he said, look, it's what you actually have within the Gospels themselves is you, you have these signs of eyewitness testimony. And uh, he did this in a, in a very scholarly work called Jesus and the Eyewitnesses. And what he said was, the, the gospel was written too early, and so they were actually written in the lifetime of the first eyewitnesses. Yeah. And so you had these eyewitnesses, and, and where did these eyewitnesses go? Well, they were actually leaders in the church. They were, you know, you're eyewitnesses of Jesus, now you're a leader in the church. And the gospels were being, read, being written in these uh, Christian communities in the church. And so, and so they were leaders in the church, and they were functioning as these eyewitness guarantors of the tradition. Yeah, yeah. And so it would be like in that telephone game, if I started the secret, and then as we go through every chain, every person, I'm there making sure that it's passed on correctly. Yeah, yeah. And that's really what we have in, in, the, in, in the Gospels. So we, we have these different marks. If I can just give one, yeah. a famous one, is Mark 15, 21, where you have, um, uh, you have Simon of Cyrene, who is carrying the cross of Jesus, and it mentions his two sons, Rufus and Alexander. And what's remarkable, what's remarkable about that is why in the world, and this is what Richard Baldwin says, why in the world would you have these two sons mentioned? Mm -hmm. Like, it just, it's just kind of out of nowhere. Rufus and Alexander. And none of the other Gospels have that, that, that detail. And what, what Baldwin says is it, is it makes sense because you don't mention those two names 
unless people in the early Christian communities knew those two names. They knew those guys. And then the reason uh, scholarship, uh, much of scholarship says Mark was written first, is um, the majority position, Mark was written first, and then Matthew and Luke later. By the time it got to Matthew and Luke, it's likely those those guys, those two brothers weren't alive anymore. So there's no need to keep that detail in there, but we have it in Mark, the earliest gospel. So um, Richard Balcom in his work shows that this is, you know, not the only occasion, but many different types of examples where they're actually signaling eyewitness testimony within the gospels. We've got about one minute uh, left. Could you give us maybe some um, support to the idea that gospels are too counterintuitive to be a hoax? Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's several examples of this. One is, you know, you just, you have certain details that if, if you were, one of the claims is that the Gospels are just, you know, made up. It's just kind of first century PR for this movement. But you don't, you don't make up the story like the Gospels and make them up. It, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense. I'll give you several examples. One is the leader of this early movement, Peter, is just not cast in a good light. In fact, you, you have Jesus calling, saying, get behind me, Satan, to Peter. Now, if you're creating, wanting to create good PR for your leader, you don't have Jesus telling, tell, you know, referring to him as Satan. It's just not a good move. You also have women as the, as the first eyewitnesses of the resurrected Jesus in all the traditions and in, in, in all the gospel accounts, which is remarkable because in that time, women were uh, not seen as credible witnesses. So if you're remaking the story, if it's being developed later on, if you're adding your own, if you're, if you're playing fast and loose with these early eyewitness traditions, you don't keep women there because they were not seen as valid witnesses. Um, and yet, and yet, all the traditions have women as the first eyewitnesses. So you have these counterintuitive claims uh, within the Gospels themselves. So there, there's actually, uh, I think, in the 21st century, we're really out of place now. There, there, there's this incredible scholarship that actually shows for the, that helps you to, if, you know, I'm, I'm, what we're suggesting here is don't try to argue necessarily too much here at the beginning. Because what you're saying is the Gospels give us generally reliable account. And so what are you going to do with Jesus? And once somebody says, okay, so I can, I'll just, I'll, you know, let's just say I can generally trust this. Well, if you come to see Jesus as Lord, then all of a sudden you're going to look back at the Old Testament. And if he's Lord, if he really did rise from the, de- from the dead, then we can trust the Old Testament because he's giving it so much authority. Yeah. And it doesn't tell you how to interpret every single detail or anything like that. There's still going to be interpretive differences even amongst Christians. But it also points you forward to, to, to okay, if he was Jesus, if, he was, if Jesus was God incarnate and he commissioned these apostles and disciples to go forth with this message and gave them his spirit, well, then it, it also makes sense that there would be this new covenant with new covenant documents. Yeah. And so it, with Jesus, we can go forward and have good reason to trust the apostles and these eyewitnesses, and we go backwards, so we, we have good reason to trust the Old Testament. Very good. So if, if we're challenged with a question on the reliability and trustworthiness of, of the Bible, we need to go do a triage, what's yep. most important, what's central, go to Jesus Christ, and then go to the original documents, the, the Gospels, and, and show with basic basic arguments how we can trust the Gospels and how they are truly reliable. Thanks for listening to today's episode of TGC Q&A. To submit a question that you would like to hear answered on this podcast, send us an email at ask at And remember to subscribe to our show 
on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of TGC Q&A.